Hello, everybody. This is another episode of the SLTD Going Over Big Time podcast. This is the Cantastic. I'm once again joined by my friend, Mike uh, Charlotte, and we are talking about uh, the latest developments in the uh, the saga of Mr. CM Punk, as well as uh, disseminating our thoughts on the recent WWE draft that was announced. Uh, the draft will take place effectively after the Backlash pay, uh, uh, Premium Live event on Saturday, May 6th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, so, Mike, how are you doing uh, tonight? I'm doing okay. Um, probably not going to sound okay when we talk about the draft later. No, but... no, you weren't. You weren't sound okay when the, when the draft started unfolding, and I don't think it's your mood has improved since uh since the latest uh, announcement. But uh, we'll yeah. get into that. But when we get to that, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, normally we'd be like. Dissecting, we're previewing, reviewing like shows that we've seen, but tonight we take a little different tack here. We're going to talk about uh, what is going on with probably still one of the hottest uh, commodities in pro wrestling today, CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, CM Punk, as you know, um, famously left wrestling in t- around 2014. And then literally stayed out of wrestling for seven years until coming back to a uh, to wrestling in AEW in 2021. Uh, he had a couple of really good matches. I would say the best match he had in his run was uh, so far, I think, was uh, the one with MJF and the dog collar match, Revolution 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Punk, uh, you know, he look. The reality is he's like in his mid forties. This is these kind of things are gonna happen. Uh sustained a couple of injuries. He his first uh, world title run ended pretty qu- quickly because of that. Or yeah, and then his second title run. Uh well actually this was also uh because of an injury, which he uh has been out for several months on, but it also was a short title run because of legitimate backstage problems with colleagues. Uh, who, uh, I think we all know by now the infamous yeah. brawl brawl out post the all out pay per view on late September 2022. Um and, um, and yeah, I mean the brawl out stuff has kind of just been the crux of the topic in general, right, exactly because that is going to play big time into the future of all five of these men being involved in this company. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we, right now it seems that the the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who were the uh, individuals um, that were in the involved in the confrontation with Punk back in September, uh, they are back in the company. They are heavily involved in existing storyline. As of this recording, Kenny Omega is scheduled for a steel cage match against John Moxley on next week's Dynamite. Um, but yes, this uh, there is probably going to be some kind of program with uh, an ongoing program with the uh, elite and the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, um, going down the road. But o- o- looming over all of that, legitimately speaking, is you know CM Punk and people. I guess wonder why, where's Punk? Why isn't he back? And yeah. it's and lately it seems that CM Punk is showing up everywhere else but work. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that, but it's a very interesting development. Well, I just I just wanted to clarify. I said five guys, and I because I was including Hangman Page in that talk, but um, yeah. Um, so there was a lot of uh, let's just say um back and forth between a lot of people over CM Punk showing up at Monday Night Raw in Chicago for the first time in nine years. And um, I think a lot of people kind of blew that out of proportion because, yes, he was there because the show is in Chicago. He saw a friend who happens to work there and got invited. That was it. There was no business talk. There was no nothing. And he was asked to leave once management found out that he was there. Um, And then 
a week and a half later, he's backstage at Impact. What is he doing at Impact, you ask? Playing, Playing Uno. Uno. One of the most famous card games in uh, history, probably. And, and uh, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Up, Up, Down, Down, then you have you have seen Adam Cole, Claudio, Tyler Breeze, and Adam Cole. Uh, did I say Adam Cole twice? Xavier Woods playing Uno originally on that channel. Now they play it on Twitch because two of them work for a different company. Um, so yeah, that that was interesting to find out. But again, probably just there to visit, probably just there to see friends. And I mean, he was at the New Japan show that was in, uh, I think, Los Angeles a couple of weeks, months ago. He, again, I won't take any, none of that means anything as far as I'm concerned. Well, let me. I think he just misses wrestling and wanted to see people he's fond of wrestling. I will have to say there I do find there is certain differences between going back backstage to an impact show and New Japan because with between New Impact, New Japan, AEW, those all three of those companies, even if two of them don't have a really a working contract with each other, there it's pretty much a free flowing uh arrangement between all three companies in terms of talent. So you know, if you show up and support each other, then that's fine. I, they, I mean, they're they're pretty open to WWE people showing up at, at New Japan events to uh, support people who used to be in WWE as well. As well, but I just think the CM Punk situation, CM Punk showing up at WWE, is a bit of an exception because I think he knows how volatile or how it would be perceived in that it of him going back to that place considering the history that he has with them and it seems to me from the videos I saw that he allowed himself to be captured on film knowing that it will disseminate into social media so of course of so, course. Uh, so from what I was reading he was backstage. I don't know which friend it was. I don't think it was that, the that, that that hasn't been clarified. No, but it, I don't think it matters at this point. But it, what? But apparently he had was he was chatting with the Miz, who apparently he had prior heat with. They actually, you know, you're one of your favorite people. Uh, what? Um, yeah. you know, they actually kind of like uh made amends, which I found very positive. And uh, yeah, he was seen speaking backstage with a number of random people. People were leg- bumping into leg- Hunter, who. Hunter Hearst, uh, Triple H, sorry, who legitimately was, by all accounts, was legitimately shocked that he showed up and really threw uh, the game off guards for a few moments before, you know, I guess before uh, the protocols kicked in. And um, yeah. Well, I don't think that there was um, any protocols in question. I'm like, but but a lot of people say this was a publicity stunt. And I have to agree somewhat that this was a bit of a publicity stunt. Like he's. Oh, of course. Throwing some embers into the fire here, but right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that there was any protocols involved because AEW people visit WWE all the time, and they don't get publicly thrown out, and it's never documented. Like this is different. It's obviously it's CM Punk who we all know the story. Walked out of WWE in 2014, never went back. Said a lot of things that were probably true, and got sued and in getting sued probably lost one of his closest friends and that closest friend probably being the um the catalyst for the brawl out um because there was a lot of reports and obviously we don't know if it's true or not there was a lot of reports that the reason that cm punk did what he did at all out press conference was because of people reporting that he was trying to get Colt Cabana fired and that the young bucks and Kenny were get the ones getting involved to keep Colt Cabana hired. Now that's not confirmed. That's not a belief that I have. And 
I, I can't speak for you, but I have never been one of those people who needed to quote unquote pick a side. I like both I like both parties. So it's very hard for me to be um one-sided on this because everybody was wrong as far as I'm concerned. Um CM Punk shouldn't have done what he did. And the Young Bucks and Kenny should not have just barged into his locker room and started a thing. So now the 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 main focus of this, and everybody and their mother is already talking about it, the main focus of this is that there is a new show starting in June called AW Collision. And the um word going around town as they say is that this show is happening because of cm punk and that he that he is going to be the star of this show and that this show is going to be focused around him and people that are willing to work with him again none of that has been confirmed and probably never will be right but but yeah so what is happening is a is for the first time in AEW's existence, they may have to do their own sort of brand split. You know, we kind of rag on WWE and their brand splits. That's not really a brand split. That's you know that people just don't stay on the brands that they're split to. But and stay tuned for yeah. Talk but they about have. That. But apparently, they have so much talent that there's enough for a brand split at this point. Yes. Uh, you know, we've no we. Uh, uh, it's been. I mean. You could see that it is happening. Um, they basically phased out AEW Dark and what well, Dark Elevation is already gone. Their YouTube uh, uh, content shows yes. um, that's gone, uh, which I'm very sad because I thought Matt Menard did a very good job on commentary, and they probably should keep him around to do it on like maybe even Ring of Honor on Rampage or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we're going by this storyline that Jericho does not feel safe doing commentary because you know, he's getting a concern about giving me attacked by one Adam Cole. But anyway, mm-hmm. um I don't know like there there's been a bit of a debate whether this is a good idea. Cause if you're gonna do a, a show only because just to have one guy be the centerpiece of that show and then just have people who are okay with working with that guy be on uh, just work on that show, then doesn't that create a bit of a tension in the locker room? Well, what if yeah. that been, yeah, they should have? I mean, my recollection, my remember, my recollection of the post brawl out activities was that you had guys like Jericho, Mox, Moxley, and Brian Danielson, uh, basically give a bit of a pep talk to the to the to the boys, you know, and just try to calm everybody down, and let them know that you know there's still value here and everything's going to be all right. And when you had like three veterans, I think. Trying to like bring the locker room together, I think that was a real good positive, and think frankly, helped the uh, the company rebound a bit post that that situation. Now yeah. you're coming back to the situation where it's like, okay, you have a new show, great. Um, hopefully that you can consolidate some of your stuff and not have be too widespread, so you can focus on dynamite and collision, and then in between you got your rampage and the ring of honor, but. I don't know. It's just I'm just concerned that like if if this show is only because just for the CM Punk situation, and if it's like a way to keep him away from Omega and the Bucks, then like I'm not sure like that would be a good idea. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good idea on paper. And again, that that has not been confirmed. None of that has been confirmed. Either way, we know for a fact. We know for a fact that there is going to be a dynamite in Chicago right before Forbidden Door. Mm. There is no reason why they would be touting that episode so big unless CM Punk was returning. So I think that there has to be some kind of middle ground where these guys need to learn to work with each other because it, it FTR wants FTR wants the elite versus CM Punk and FTR. Right. CM Punk is willing to do that. The the thing that's in the way is the other three being willing to do it. Now, 
on paper, that should be your biggest match ever as far as everything that's been going on. You get the two biggest tag teams, CM Punk, probably the most popular name on your roster as far as keeping other fans from who weren't watching AEW, and Kenny Omega, the best wrestler on your roster. It it's it's something that needs to happen. And I think CM Punk and FTR know that that's what needs to happen, but it's whether the Bucks and Kenny Omega want to do it. But if they don't, if they don't let this petty stuff get it, like, move past the stuff, they're leaving money on the table. Exactly. And you don't do that. You do what's best for business. And right. that's not just a saying. That's, it's what you need to do. Have the one match. I mean, I want to see a singles match between Kenny Omega and CM Punk. I, you know, like these are things that should happen because it just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. If if three guys are going to get in the way of that, then you're not doing what's right for your company. Yeah. I mean, like there are ways for people to work together. I mean, you can date this dates back all the way to like, frequently the beginning of like modern pro wrestling you could when i say modern you could probably date this back to the territory days look there are guys that you know obviously were friends and they could work together and call and amicable colleagues and then there are people who hated each other but knows that you know they can the best storylines are based on real life situations and exactly you can work together like yeah you know like and you know, work together and just make some money out of it, and at the end of the day, just go your separate ways. Like, I, w- I was watching uh, the new uh, AEW All Access show, the new reality show that they had, and there was a bit when Sammy Guevara had a conversation with Eddie Kingston just uh, before the show started. Before the show started, when they were just in the bleachers hanging out, and they're just talking to each other. And Sammy, I was very shocked. And, this is probably the detriment to Sammy's heel character because it's hard for me to hate the guy when I can see that in real life that he, what he's really like. Mm-hmm. He made amends with Eddie despite the fact that they're not really friends, but they do know that working together and um, putting good matches together is to the greater good. Yeah, now, I yeah, mean, on the, exactly. same, so, on the same show, in the same company, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, the same exact thing. The, literally the same exact thing. Yeah, They don't like each other, but they know that putting their differences aside to actually work together is the right thing to do. And that is something that the Young Bucks and Kenny need to get past. I understand having morals. I understand not wanting to break those morals, but sometimes there are more important things than morality right it's you know i mean for better or for worse it's really business and no matter what kind of business you're in be it in like just you know whether you work in an office or whether you work in an arena you know or whether you work uh you know you work on a tv (laughs) show Uh, and i guess like for this it's those latter those, those last two um you know you gotta figure a way to work together and you got to realize that you know there are people watching and you, yeah you gotta think and, do you like do you want to be mad or do you want to make money exactly and i think making money is actually a very good incentive for as most we of us. as we speak yeah wimbley stadium all in went but on sale, like officially on yeah. sale. Mm-hmm. And they're already past almost 70,000 sold. That's their biggest show ever. That's that, where you have the match. Did that surpass? Is that surpassing 1992 SummerSlam? Because uh, I don't know that uh, for sure. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I don't know that for sure. Yeah. I'll I would just... have to, I would have to look yeah. at that. It would but be surprising if it was. They have uh, never, they have never done a show with more than twenty thousand people. Well, unofficially, uh, summer nineteen ninety two SummerSlam, the attendance, this is disputed, is it was about eighty thousand. 
Yes. But if they're cracking 70,000, that's a close. That's definitely a second. That's a close second. They're, they're, I'm pretty sure they're very cl close or have already passed 70,000. Mm -hmm. Either way, that's their biggest show ever because I don't think they've ever done anything over 23,000 or something close to that. Right. That is where you have this match. There's no other place to have that match than at this show. That is in August. If you cannot figure this out by August, that is a problem. Especially with the recent news of WWE's sale to Endeavor to create this mega company, uh, quote-unquote, with UFC. And when you realize that a certain uh, mustached McMahon is still mm -hmm. lurking around in the background and could could perhaps be the linchpin that makes that whole thing implode at any moment. I'm exaggerating here, but like when of your course. competition is stepping up their game at that level, you better step up your game. I, I, I would be well, shocked. I, I mean, would be shocked if Tony Khan didn't immediately after that Endeavor's uh, announcement and then hearing that McMahon just burst into Monday Night Raw that one time. The raw after mania and just completely started doing his McMahon thing all over again with this with the uh with the creative then you're not looking at everybody that we've been just talking about this entire time and just going like guys let's sit down let's figure something out there's money yeah. to be made here you know and like yeah. you know we uh, we we're not actually this whole we're not actively competing with our competitor stuff i think it's out the window at this point i mean they are and judging by what the Wembley attendance, the Forbidden Door um, sale numbers, uh, this is probably going to be biggest year for AEW yet, right? Of course. Yeah. And also, the, you can't you can't also esca escape the fact that whether the collision stuff is true or not, they still have to see each other at pay per views. Right. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to avoid, like. A difficult coworker when you all work in the same company still. And, yeah. So yeah. I I I would hope I would hope that Kenny Omega and the Bucks are smarter than they, you know, smarter than what you know what we expect. Like because yeah. because knowing how those guys are with certain things you would think that they're not going to even want to look at CM Punk let alone do business but they have to know better they have to yeah i mean from what i hear um omega and the bucks probably will have to renegotiate their contracts soon and yes. um if it was 6 months ago i'd be more optimistic that the other place would have a would have a pretty good option, but lately, I am not so sure. So it seems that the place that they've been at in for the last four years or so, to me personally, is still the best option. I mean, yes. if they if they if they if the if the Big E fumbled the Jay White um signing and you know got picked yeah. up by AEW instead, then that's a pretty good indication. You're right. Absolutely, and um, not, not to mention, not I mean, not to forget, Chris Jericho also went on record on social media and confirmed a story where he called CM Punk a cancer, and then went right into story mode in, on Twitter, storyline mode, when it was reported that they are going to work together when CM Punk gets back, because <laughs> CM Punk. And Chris, Jer Chris Jericho knows better because he knows that there is money on the table here. He knows that even though he is 50 and CM Punk is almost 43, that people want to see that match again. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah, oh yeah. Like well, I remember, I remember, I remember that feud back uh, in like the early 2010s. 2012. 2012. Yeah, I remember. That was like the one of the few times. That was like the first time I thought, man, this is really cutting close to like making me really feel actual hate towards uh, somebody who's bringing up like someone's abstinence from alcohol. Like I didn't hate Jericho well, even... that much until the, the the most recent like Britt Baker stuff. Even I mean, I, I mean that was I thought that was really, 
well on the same level that that is a that is a little uh, i mean that's storyline that yeah that, that we're, is story we're in line. a shirt with a woman with a black eye it's a little bit uh it's not uh, ideal not, it's not ideal. A, i would not try to sell t-shirts with that but no i i felt that they shouldn't uh, off topic i felt they shouldn't have been they shouldn't right. be selling those i think they should have just made them for the storyline yeah, that's it yeah. but that's besides the point but, but yeah but back but to, jericho back to yeah, but jericho, jericho knows jericho knows and he has to sit down i, I feel like he has to know him and John Moxley and Brian Danielson are the guys that took charge when the Bucks and Kenny were gone and reassured the locker room that things are going to be fine. Even if, even if, and when CM Punk comes back, because you have to do what's right for AEW. And I feel like Jericho would tell those guys that exact thing. Yep, and uh, and over, so overall, let's just to wrap up this topic about CM Punk. Uh, let's just hope you know things work out and everyone does what's best for business. Agreed. Uh, since we brought and now we should move on to the next topic. Since we brought up the uh, World Wrestling Entertainment uh, several times, mm-hmm. uh, we've just finished uh, you know a post WrestleMania period, and now we just finished the. Once again, the WWE draft just yes. concluded, and uh, suffice it to say, it's um it's a bit of a mixed bag. I would feel in terms of this draft. Uh, I'm just going to review briefly who's been drafted. So these draft picks, this roster, this re- this revised roster, this will take place after Backlash on May six. So. On the yeah, on May eighth, Monday Night Raw, that's when the new roster will take effect. And then on um, May uh, May twelfth, SmackDown will be for SmackDown roster. So, um, night one was April twenty eighth on SmackDown. The the first uh, the the draft was announced. Um, First of all, how did you feel about the format of how they announced it? First of all, they started out with Triple H the game announcing the first. Uh, top four picks, I guess, and then they moved on like several rounds, where they introduced like form, uh, you know, past legends coming out and doing it. Yeah, and... well, I didn't care about the legends make the in- making the announcements. The right. format itself, I thought, was kind of stupid <laughs> because I I didn't like the whole draft pools situation. Like, oh, you can't draft uh, this person on Monday because they're only available on Friday. That's stupid. <laughs> that is very stupid because there is absolutely no reason why The Miz should be going before anybody that went on Friday. Literally anybody. I mean, on Monday. Sorry. I, keep, I, I am not used to Friday being the first day of the week as far as wrestling is concerned. As far as they're concerned, Friday is the first day. That's weird. Yeah, uh, I mean, just to review some of the picks here. So, on the on SmackDown, the night one on SmackDown, the the Bloodline, interestingly enough, so they gave us a little bit of a suspense here. It was the Roman Reigns Solo Sokoa with Paul Heyman as the Bloodline drafted back to SmackDown. Uh, Cody, of course, stayed on Raw, and uh, uh, I have an issue with that as well. And uh, well, let me just go through some of the other ones, uh, main ones here. Uh, Imperium. Gunter, Ludwig, and Giovanni Vinci uh, going from SmackDown to Raw. So Gunter now brings the Intercontinental Championship to Raw. Um, Bobby Lashley goes from Raw to SmackDown. Um, Drew McIntyre goes from SmackDown to Raw. The OC, uh, all of them, AJ, Styles, uh, Gallows, Anderson, uh, Mia Yim, they all go to SmackDown. Shinsuke Nakamura goes from SmackDown to Raw. And finally, uh, let's talk about the ones that I think irked us the most. The NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn from NXT, they go to SmackDown. Your well, NXT well, Women's Champion. Wait. wait. What? Now, this, happened, this happened on Friday. Yeah. So, so we were immediately like, okay, whoever challenges them next is going to win. But wait! There's on, more! <laughs> on Monday, we decided... 
oh, we're going to draft the challengers as well. Exactly. What? Katana Chance, Caden Carter. I'm just, I'm skipping ahead a little just to indulge you on this point. Katana Chance and Caden Carter, the challengers to those NXT women's tag belts, going to Raw. So what you had on this NXT just uh, after this draft was over was either a SmackDown drafted team or a Raw drafted team were going to take the NXT women's titles to that respective brand. Now they tried to do a they tried to spin a thing where um Caden and Katana said if they won, they will still defend on all three brands, so they'll still come back to NXT. But apparently the uh the witches um said that if they retained, they'll just take the titles to SmackDown and you know flutter away forever. Um, you know, someone some couple couple of people joking were saying, Oh, maybe they'll make them the SmackDown women's tag team titles, which you guys better, you guys probably jinx yourself because that's what's gonna happen. Um, how many, yeah. tag, how many women's tag teams are on Raw and or SmackDown? I think there's just one each for each brand, maybe, uh-huh. maybe, or maybe there is just one tag team, and then they kind of like do a rotating pool of whoever is like friends that week and they decide to challenge. But yeah, also just to throw in there, NXT Women's Champion Indy Hartwell was also. Drafted, yeah, the Raw, which she, was which made a more a little more sense than the she, tag situation. Well, right? she relinquished because she was hurt. Yeah, um, and I just, thought actually, if I could just make a point here, I thought Indy's exit from uh, NXT to Raw was actually very well done. I wasn't sure about the post uh, segment where the title laid on the ring, and basically every woman and their mom in the locker room came out and. Descend were like fighting over each other mm-hmm. just to touch it. Just, um, just, I just thought, for, just I thought, for Roxanne to probably win it again. Yeah, I thought Indy, uh, seeing her, the love of her life, Dexter, uh, come back and uh, take her away to Raw was actually very, very cute, actually. Um, but yeah, uh, subsequent supplemental picks, and again, supplemental picks, I don't know, I just feel like these kind of things that they announce on off air on the, um, I guess like the post show is kind of lame. Uh, Apollo Crews, uh, who was formerly of on SmackDown and Raw, then on NXT, is now back on Raw. Um, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville are confirmed to be on Raw. Um, Natalia goes from SmackDown to Raw. The Viking Raiders go from SmackDown to Raw, and from other people from NXT, Zoe Stark and JD McDonough both go to Raw. Um, I mean, I would say night one, it was a good, like, selection in terms of, like, Imperium going to Raw, that was a good change. The OC going to SmackDown, that was a good change. Uh, intriguing that the Bloodline minus the Usos stayed, and then we spent, like, three days wondering, oh, no, uh, oh, and this was also the night that Jimmy and Jay Uso got their rematch for the tag team titles, which they lost. lost. So and we never saw what Solo was gonna do that night. So really, they gave us all a cliffhanger, and mm-hmm. we were all expecting. Uh oh, I think the Usos are gonna be cast off in the ocean of obscurity, known as Raw, apparently. But uh, no, apparently not because um, night two, May first on Raw, the draft continues or concludes. The Usos become the overall uh one two three four five six. Sixth draft pick, they stay on SmackDown. Oh, you know what? So, um, you know what? I'll talk to this, talk about this in a minute. But uh, Austin Theory takes the United States title from Raw to SmackDown. Um, Oscar goes from Raw to SmackDown. The New Day go from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, as we mentioned, Chance and Carter go from NXT to Raw. Cameron Grimes, who we haven't seen in six to nine months. I don't even know if he was still on NXT at that point because you haven't seen him on there. He hasn't he, been on TV in, in like yeah, six months. He's on SmackDown. And um, you know what? Let me just bring this up now because this is pissing me off. Uh, I forgot to mention in night one of the draft, Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, is drafted to SmackDown. Likewise, the number one pick on night two, Rhea Ripley, the SmackDown Women's Champion, is drafted to Raw. And so is the rest of the Judgment Day. 
Mm-hmm. So you have the SmackDown Women's Champion and the Raw Women's Champion on opposite brands. Yes. How does this work? Now, to add to this, another thing that I hate that they do, and they do this every single time they have a draft, is that they do the draft right before a (laughs) pay-per-view. Therefore, making a lot of your results kind of not, not in doubt. The problem with some of these now, okay, so... The Raw Women's Championship match is being contested between two SmackDown people. Yeah, it just reminded me. I kind of had a brain fart and thought EO was still on Raw. EO uh, Sky. And I just realized, you're right. Both are on SmackDown. EO Sky was drafted along with the rest of Damage Control, Bailey and Dakota Kai, to SmackDown. Bianca is on SmackDown. They're both competing. They're both wrestling for the Raw Women's title in Puerto Rico. The United States Championship match. Austin Theory is defending against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Bronson, Bobby Lashley, yeah. Bobby Lashley and, and Austin Theory are on SmackDown. Mm. Bronson Reed is on Raw. Right. Guess who's not winning? Bronson Mr. Reed. Yeah, yeah. Because like you, it's, it's a very low chance that because because guess what title is not being defended. At Backlash, the Intercontinental title. Right. And yeah, that brings me to some of these other picks. Yes. Uh, For what it's worth, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler go from SmackDown to Raw. LA Knight stays on SmackDown. Um, Pretty Deadly, the NXT, former NXT Tag Team Champions, last seen swimming with the fishes. Somehow mm-hmm. showed up in the performance center wearing the uh, NXT jacket, sitting along with their colleagues, uh, waiting the results of the draft. Mm-hmm. Somehow fished themselves out of water. I don't know how they're gonna spin this one. They're going to SmackDown. Um, I just want to bring this up too in the uh, subsequent, uh, I guess, supplemental picks. I think this was happened. Grayson Waller from NXT, one of the, I guess, one of Australia's pride and joys. He goes to SmackDown. Um, him and LA Knight, I think, are going to have a fun uh, fun little... Uh, either they're going to be a team or either they're going to feud each other. I don't know. But I think because of this case, I think LA Knight should have gone to Raw. Um, just because if you got two guys with mouths that can talk, and I know that sounds kind of odd, but yeah, they should be... Each brand should have a guy like that. But yeah, I'm just still hung up on this stupid title, women's title situation. So like... We really... got the SmackDown title, so unless, yeah. so unless, oh my God, you you remember the last time they had the situation? They basically asked, they basically asked each champion to come in the ring and exchange the belts. They've done it multiple times. They did this with the tag titles a few years ago with New Day and Street Profits. Yeah, now that you bring and it up, I hate it even more. They they have done this multiple times, and they don't need to do this. Well, first of all, they need to stop the branded championships. Change the name of the belts. Stop making the SmackDown champion, the Raw champion, whatever. Stop that. Because when you do things like this, it makes you look stupid. Exactly. And they don't They don't seem to care. Well, because... I, think, I think originally when the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships became into existence about seven years ago, they probably didn't anticipate this problem until probably in 2019 when Becky Lynch won both of them and then for a while was like the champion of both brands. Well, then... that's again, that's their own fault because Charlotte didn't need to be in that match. Right. They um, caused that. Yeah. Nobody caused... else caused that. Yeah, but now and they're also causing this now. So your point being, yeah, I think logically speaking, I don't know if this is gonna happen, but I mean, like, I mean, realistically, it's probably going to be such a stupid title switch again. Well, but I hope not. I hope not. If I they hope, do, you know if... what? I but I hope optimistically, I hope that it's not because if Triple H is really in charge, then he probably does see the stupidity of it all. Although some of his other decisions might have counteracted that. I'll get well, to that later. T- time of recording, yeah. they mentioned on SmackDown that Bianca Belair is nearing the longest women's championship reign in the right. modern era. Yeah. 
if you do a title swap, that reign ends. Yeah, like you're gonna end the longest Raw Women's title reign on a technicality. Exactly. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so let's just change. Okay, yeah. So at this point, I think it makes sense to change their names to yes. not be brand specific, so they can actually travel to other places. Yes. Like yes. the IC and the US title, which has been always been the case for years. Exactly. So like, call it the, um, yeah, like I think you mentioned it offline. I, I, I mentioned yeah. the, make the WWE Women's Championship and the World Women's Championship. Problem solved. Hmm. There you go. I like the first name, the other name. Uh, I'm still a little on the fence about that. It could be. Something a little different, but it probably makes sense just for practical purposes. Well, I mean, that you could call it the universal. Women's yeah, universal women's title. universal title, but you know, yeah, I think uh, um, whatever. But okay, but um, yeah, uh, but yeah, this draft, um, like other than so, these, like uh, obvious issues. So another issue is that there is multiple people that did not get drafted. Yes, let's talk about the free agency status of. So well, first of all. Brock Lesnar was originally in the pool to be drafted on Monday. Yeah. And then and then they just decided, oh, Brock Lesnar is not exclusive to any brand. Brock Lesnar and, negotiated, i.e. threatened or co physically coerced yeah. somebody. And then they excused not drafting Omos on night one for the same exact reason. Why? Oh, yeah, because he got a great mouthpiece like Montel for Davies Porter MVP but, negotiating. Now, but my issue with that is why does he get that and Roman does not? Yeah, Why? like, okay, yeah, because technically speaking, Roman is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, but the two titles he holds are still separate from each other. It's not like they're still regarded as two separate reigns in this case. Yes. So also included on this list is Baron Corbin. Who cares? Zion, <laughs> Zion Quinn, which is like, why is he being moved up? He is definitely not ready to be moved up to the main. It, yeah, I, 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 I don't know exactly what his character is at this. He point. doesn't have one. That's the yeah. Problem. That, I know, I know. It, it was really confusing. Shelton uh, and Cedric, of course, because why should we care about them? Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Elias. Uh, Mustafa Ali and Von Wagner from NXT again should not be moving up, right? Especially when they're actually doing some kind of storyline just now with Von and Robert Stone, and apparently looking into Von Wagner's uh troubled past or whatever. And now you're calling him a free agent? Like, I don't know. It's just weird. But yeah, and it's it's also inexcusable to me that the Miz got drafted and Dolph Ziggler didn't. Inexcusable. Yeah, I mean, there are also wrestlers not included in either draft pool, so we don't know what's going on with them. Yeah, I think they're just the inactive, right? Majority because, like, of those are inactive or yeah. injured. I mean, uh, well, like, except oh, for your favorite person, Logan Paul, because he's I, on a part-time contract and he doesn't uh, count. He doesn't he does not count. count. Right. Tommaso Ciampa hurt. Shanky hurt. Robert Roode hurt. Randy Orton hurt. Yep. Mark Truth hurt. Carmella pregnant. Bray Wyatt hurt. Alexa hurt. Yep. Okay. So that means they're all her. Okay. So yeah, yeah. The free agent stuff is just uh, I'm confused because that just when you're still working for the same company, it's just like, do you? It care? also diminishes the point of a brand split. You know what else diminishes the point of a brand split? Having a new world title that's op that you said was exclusive to Raw because you said Raw needed a champion. And yet you've opened it to SmackDown competitors. Let me okay. So before you go into your tirade, yes. let me recap what's going on. Because they Triple H came out and said on on Raw, I guess that Roman Reigns wherever he's drafted will be exclusive to said brand. In this case, SmackDown. So in this case now, Roman takes the WWE Championship and the WWE Universal Title with him to SmackDown. So, uh. So later on, I don't get, I don't know what they're gonna do with Roman's title. Like, are they gonna just merge it into one? Because now, because of that, Triple H said that Raw needs a full-time world champion to be on the show to defend the title. So he brings out this beautiful new modified version of the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it's the it's a 
souped up for 2023 version of the infamous big gold belt made famous by Ric Flair, except it has a giant WWE logo on it. It um not really sure if it continues the lineage of the original World Heavyweight Championship. I highly doubt it will. Uh, Triple H announces that there will be a tournament to crown a new World Heavyweight Champion exclusive to Raw. And mm-hmm. then at the Backlash pre-show press conference in Puerto Rico, he just says the tournament will start after Backlash and will include SmackDown competitors. Why in the hell are you having this title exclusive to Raw if you're going to open it up to guys on the blue brand? Please explain this to me immediately. So just to put this into context, okay, I just double-checked and I and I did the math, whatever, whatever you want to say. There is 37 men drafted to Raw. 18 of them are not in tag teams or are in groups but are not exclusively in tag teams. That means you have enough people on Raw to fill this freaking tournament. Right. What's the average composition of a tournament? I'm guessing like well, they they said that they're doing how you do the brackets. They said that they're doing four triple threats. Oh, okay. So, okay. so the, what, what they're doing is they're doing four triple threats, and then the winners of the first two triple threats will face each other, right. and the winners of the other two triple threats will face each other. And right. Then, so you got so you got then, twelve. So you got 12. then the winners of both sides will face each other at Night of Champions for the belt. Night of Champions is May. I can't remember actually off the top of my head here. Uh, you know what? Let me look it up. Night of Champions. That's gonna be oh May twenty seventh in Saudi Arabia. Okay, so yes. it's just about so, maybe three weeks or so. So I was thinking about this all day after he yep. made the announcement. Okay, and if you look at it on paper, like I said, I'm excluding tag teams. I'm excluding people who are um, champ champions of some other kind, whatever. So if you look at it on paper, you have Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke, Matt Riddle, Bronson Reed, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Xavier Woods, who is in a group, but his partner is hurt. The Miz, if you want. Uh, Apollo Crews, Johnny Gargano, J.D. McDonough, Jinder Mahal, Riddick Moss, Akira Tozawa and Odyssey Jones. Those are all people who are singles right now who don't have a belt. That is a very, very good bracket for this tournament. If So if I was to pick 12 of them, right? Yeah. If I was to pick 12 of them, I would go right. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke, Matt Riddle, Bronson Reed. That's, that's six. Then Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Xavier Woods, uh, Apollo Crews, Johnny Gargano, and Jinder Mahal, because he's a former champion. Right. Put, him, put him in there, whatever. But he doesn't have to win. That's twelve. So, so, it, 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 so there you go. Raw has such a deep pool of talent, enough to fill this tournament, probably twice, two times over. And yet Triple H is saying, "Oh yeah, and, you have both brands competing for it." And I'm excluding bigger names because they already have a belt. Yeah, or are in a tag team. And why I'm would ex- you know? I'm excluding Sami yeah, Zayn. I'm including excluding Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Ricochet, Braun, uh, Gunther. Those are big names that should be in there also, but they already have belts or are doing something or in a tag team. Yeah, you have enough people on Raw to fill this tournament. Why are people from SmackDown in this tournament? Why? Right, right, right. right. It, 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 it really baffles me that. Like, you know, like you always say, and, you know, some of your, some of what you're doing is rubbing off on me, too. It's like, make it make sense. If you're going to say a title is exclusive to one show, have the only people that compete for the title should be on that fucking show. Like, why are there other people? Unless you're just going to nonchalantly say, okay, whoever, if the person who wins is from SmackDown, he's coming over to Raw. But what, so why do you have a draft in the first place then? Yep. What if it was somebody that was literally just drafted to SmackDown from Raw? Let's uh, what is the example I'm thinking of here? Uh, Bobby Lashley, for example, he's on SmackDown now, right? So if he's mm-hmm. so if he somehow becomes the new World Heavyweight Champion, 
He just goes back to Raw. You know, I mean, like, why? Unless you're going to tell me, yeah, we're not re, we're not, um, we're not renewing Drew McIntyre's contract, and we need a new, uh, big super heavyweight guy. So there you go. Like, I mean, that's a bit of a in the weeds, uh, uh prediction there. But yeah, yeah, knows, I, I, I don't know. This is, I mean, it's sure. like, like, I don't know. This is just really, um. But, confusing and, me, and it's related to the draft, right? And because then, and then today on SmackDown, again time of recording today yeah. on SmackDown, they had AJ Styles out on commentary, and he goes, "Oh, I want that belt." What you're Why? on SmackDown. SmackDown? You want what? You're gonna leave your buddies behind on SmackDown? You're gonna bring you're gonna bring them with you? I don't think that's how it works. The draft, I mean, post draft, I mean, unless you just like everybody just goes over to the Raw again. So, so like, are, are they basically saying? Are they basically saying that whoever wins this belt can just go to either show as long as Roman is not around? Is that what they're saying? I, because... you know what, you may not be that far off there because they might just eventually go fuck it. Let's just whatever. Because like, Roman's not showing up anytime soon. Like, and you know, I mean, like, honestly, all this nonsense would have been avoided if like they pulled the trigger on Cody. Now, in retrospect, I kind of understand a little bit more now why they did this because they want to build him up a little more to like have more of a WWE version of the sort of hard times that Cody is gonna go through. Like, to, like, but, but you know, because we watch, what? because we're wrestling fans, we know Cody's history, having his his, his struggle from like when he left. He to already study. went. He already went through the struggle. That's yeah. the problem. Right. There, there is no more struggle to make. He went through it already, and they. But it's not. In, but they don't. But they don't acknowledge that in, let's say, what do you call it? WWE canon, I guess. That's and a, they then they went right into this match with Brock Lesnar, and there's no reason to have it. Right, and I mean, unless it was for the title, which exactly. And the whole thing is that Brock can't challenge Roman as long as Roman is the champion. Right. So you know what would have made sense if Cody won at Mania because yeah, then and, and, be and, a title and, match. And, right, right. And I and I hate that we're sort of fearing off topic and we're going back to the WrestleMania non. Uh, but uh, also, finish but, again, also but Cody should have won. Here's what happens: Cody should have well, won. It plays Roman's it. Roman's laying there completely unconscious. Cody picks up two belts, looks at both of them, like I'm doing right now. You can see me, and then well, he just, well, and then he just, and then he just throws a universal title back on Roman's waist, and then just walks out with the WWE Championship, which is the thing he came here for. Like well, he doesn't again, care about the. This goes back to them getting in their own way, them shooting themselves in the foot. There was no reason to have this world title in the first place if you didn't give Roman both belts. This goes back to January 1st of last year when Roman could not compete at day one, so they just decided, oh, let's give Brock the belt. And who cares about Big E? Everybody cared about Big E. That's the problem. They didn't. We did. And then they just gave Brock the belt after he won the Rumble. Oh, no, before he won the Rumble. Before he won the Rumble, right? Mm. There was no reason for any of that. Yeah, that was stupid. And then, so this new belt is essentially a consolation prize because Roman has the real championship that he doesn't want to defend. And yeah, so and, and it's going to be so convoluted. So unless, so when Roman comes back, technically you got three world titles hanging around. You got a universal title, the WWE Championship, and now the World Heavyweight Championship. Do you now just merge the universal title and the WWE Championship into the unified, and, undisputed WWE? And the thing title is, as the, one belt, and then and then and then you have the World Heavyweight Title. That also that. The reign that he has, the long thousand day, almost thousand day reign that he has, is with the universal title. Exactly. Like when I said, not, when, yeah. Not with the WWE title. Right. And if they would have just said at Clash of Champions that this match is for the WWE Championship, not the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, yeah. guess what? This problem would not be here. 
Because Drew, yeah, yeah. Drew would have would have had that belt, and then Cody could have beat him. That would have been interesting, right? You, could, I mean, they missed the boat. I mean, we talk about the missing the boat on Cody. Let's go back to Drew McIntyre in his home country, in that kind of entrance, in, in that it, atmosphere with that hot a crowd. Quote and unquote. Quote unquote, his home country. His home, quote unquote, his home. Let's not get into um, <laughs> geopolitics, British geopolitics <laughs> here. But uh, yeah, in his homeland, and and you couldn't pull the trigger in that atmosphere. I don't know, like what it like, and 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 it feels so sad for Drew. And I think this is pretty much why he's not renewing his contract. If you're gonna end the show with him and Tyson Fury doing a sing along, what? Why are you staying? Yeah, like, all, I, like you know, I don't know when Drew's contract runs out, but All In's coming in around August, and I hope that Drew's yeah. contract runs out in June. So they again, they created all of these problems. Nobody yeah. else created these problems. They didn't need to put both belts on Roman. They didn't need to take the belt off of Biggie and put it on Brock Lesnar. They didn't need for Drew to lose. They could have. All of this could have been avoided. Right and now, nobody nobody should care about this new belt because it does not matter. Because Roman, again, Roman has the belt that matters, and putting Cody on Raw and putting Roman on SmackDown deludes the fact of the, the whole story that they've been building with Cody. He wants that belt. He doesn't want this belt. Right, and I don't think even he would be in this tournament. Honestly, oh no, he's going to be in it, but yeah. I don't think he's going to win. No, he'll probably lose in some quirky DQ finish, and then he's gonna go to the finals, and he's gonna lose. Right, and That's probably end up probably with... to Seth, probably to Seth Rollins, probably yeah, probably end up with Money in the Bank or something, and then maybe they'll figure out some way to fix this whole mess. You know, well, as long as they don't do two Money in the Bank matches, <laughs> or they don't cash in the same night. Uh, well, yeah. Well, um, either either way. Yeah, all, we, all of this could all of this could have been avoided. Again, this right. is kind this kind we've of gone from yeah, we've gone it, bled, it, it bled into it, it, it's part of it. It's part of the draft talk. Because, it's part of draft talk, but it, it it's almost uh spun off into its own topic. Literally, they could have night after mania, right? It just said that the universal title and the WWE title are now one, and they keep the WWE title lineage, and Roman gets to keep his reign. And then you create a new belt, whatever it is. And either way, Cody should have beat Roman so that this problem would not have happened in the first place. Yeah. So that would be the best scenario. And then now and then Roman retaining, you'd be like, okay, they probably should have immediately like announced, or not immediately, but like soon announced that the two titles will be just become one. Instead, now you've got your champion that's written off TV basically for um, over a month. Uh, we don't know what's happening. And hey, you know what? I think, frankly, personally, Roman deserves some time off for the work he's put in. But still, it just leaves the whole title picture in a mess. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I mean, it's really sad that the 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 re, the, the title or its its importance has been diluted. Despite the fact that it's a really good design belt, I think it would. It's like it really like I like the design of this belt. It's just sad that this yeah. is that the circumstances for its existence is this. Yeah, it's the design is fine. I don't absolutely hate it. But like, yeah, like like I hate the designs right. that they have now. Right. But right. it's just they they just don't they aren't even trying. They they well, aren't. Well, Mike, when you've got a twenty one billion dollar explosion about to happen with your with the future of your company do you really care at this point what shit you put on tv that's the and that's the problem the fact that they don't care is the fact that they need that they need to fix you know we kind of I, began you kind of we kind of began this pod talking about like how everybody you know deep down they know that there is money to be made um it's just that these two companies have different ways of going about how to make that money, right? Of course. <laughs> because you you turn on WWE to yeah. see uh you don't turn on WWE to see wrestling. 
You, no, you, turn... you, you turn on to see entertaining what you call sports entertainment, what people call sports. Yes, you turn on AEW to see wrestling. You turn on WWE to see sports entertainment. Right. It is not wrestling. And well, can... I'm not even entertained at this point because if you're going to keep booking the same bloodlines, bloodline bit where they come in and beat the well, shit up. Yeah, you know? every single match is exactly every the same. Every single night. It's like missionary position every single <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, but yeah, um, they they need to do something different and I don't want to I don't want to see Roman hold this belt until WrestleMania 40. I don't think they're but, older that honestly. They just I feel like they just want to make him pass the thousand days. They give him the modern day version of the thousand day reign. It means like, nothing. Yeah. It but means it, nothing. Well, it's just they'll spin it the way they spin it. I know technically speaking, Bruno Sammartino has the longest reign in history. He's got like fifteen hundred days or something. A lot uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's like twenty five twenty five hundred days. Okay, that then they're not making him Past that, that's ridiculous. Bruno uh, Sammartino's longest reign was seven and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> there's no fucking way in hell you gotta get somebody today in the modern era holding a title. But oh no, they could do it. They they can do it. All they have to do is let Roman go home for a whole year. Like, give him the Undertaker schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Because you're you're basically saying that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, because uh, he's he hasn't been here since the night after Mania, right? Hey and... guys, look over here! I got a new shiny World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, here's the belt that you could win that has no lineage at all that nobody cares about, especially not Cody. Didn't he like literally go on do a promo on air, literally saying that, or was it more just an interview? From uh, a magazine, I can't remember. I, I don't even know. All I, I feel know, like I feel like that's a, that's something he would say. So, all, all I know is that Triple H, Triple H has done a lot of good, but not all of it has been good, and I think that people have given him pass a lot of times because of how good NXT was when he was running it and I am not giving him a pass for this this is the the draft this title situation none of this is excusable none of it I feel like you are right that Triple H's best booking stuff had been on NXT and I try to remember myself this he he learned from Vince McMahon. He learned through the WWE system. He hasn't been outside WWE uh, since his wrestling career really started up in 1995 when he joined WWF, oh. WWE. So he only really knows this system, right? I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, with NXT, like it's still within the WWE system, even though he brought in guys from the independents, from like you know uh, Ring of Honor or Impact or wherever to. Like, but he still books it under the WWE system. Now that he's doing it on main roster, I think in the first few months when he started, after Vince left because of his allegations, it was more. It was very interesting. Raw was actually somewhat interesting, and storylines actually meld, made sense and connected with one another in a, in a logical manner. Now, since um, I guess McMahon forced himself back into the company in January. We are seeing like stuff that you don't think Hunter would probably put on TV, like Omos or, you know, like, uh, honestly, yeah. I feel like this, yeah, like the Cody Roman title situation or I, other I stuff would... that kind of gives me an inkling of Vince McMahon, uh, just kind of like, you know, uh, calling in, hey, try, try this, you know, whatever. And Hunter's like, oh, okay, dad. Well, I would like to. Uh, I, I I guess we should probably end end on this, but I would like to end on um, a quote by one CM Punk from the said pipe bomb, where he said, "The fact is, it's going to be taken over 
by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law anyway. Well, as of Not... right now, 50% of that quote is true. The yes. daughter-in-law, and the daughter you speak of is no longer involved with the company uh, officially, well, in, in, in an official yeah. capacity. Well, I, I also paraphrased. He said um, his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Right. But he also said before that something about Vince McMahon having, uh, you know, basically met his maker at this point when that happened. And uh, he really and uh, and guess when that was 12 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Um, I love how you ended on CM Punk. because We started this part talking about CM Punk. That was the point. Yep. And with that, we should end it there. Uh, those are our thoughts on the WWE draft. You know, like them or hate them. Uh, you know, feel whatever you feel, you know, because you guys should be watching the wrestling you like and not what's people's shoving down your throats. Hope you, hope you enjoyed our little discussion about CM Punk's current status and the draft. And everyone, keep, uh, you know, listening to us. Hopefully, uh, Mike, are you working on anything? Do you want to plug anything? Where can people find you? Um, No, really, it's just this podcast. But uh, I would like to... Uh say that uh our next episode uh we we had a little uh a little longer break in between episodes because we had conflicting schedules and all that but our next episode will probably be our, our well, one that i always look forward to is going to be our forbidden door fantasy booking episode and uh i'm looking forward to that because uh forbidden door was aw's biggest show last year it was the first AEW show I saw in a movie theater, and I'm probably going to do that again. And um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, put a card together and see what comes true, even though I think I got like 12% of it yeah. correct the last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, obviously we'll be, after that, we'll probably be back to discuss... Um, discuss double or nothing by then wow yeah uh speaking of that forbidden door uh pay-per-view i will be attending as that is going to take place in toronto in the uh scotia bank arena if you don't know where that is it's basically the same arena that the toronto raptors played in play in um yeah i'm going to be joining mike on that forbidden door fantasy booking uh you can also find me on social media at the Cantastic. Just talk about wrestling, talk about other topics of uh, my importance, and there you go. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically a year a year off of our last one. So last time we basically did it like a month out. So right. it's it's about the same time, a month out. Yep. Well, stay tuned for that, and uh, thank you for listening, and have a good night.